This is Everything with Allie Levine, hosted by Hollywood mom, celebrity stylist, influencer, and Bravo reality star, Allie Levine. On this podcast, you'll get a mix of, well, literally everything, from motherhood to fashion, lifestyle to spiritual well-being, all real and raw. Allie interviews celebrities, experts, influencers, entrepreneurs, and so much more. Tune in weekly to be inspired, empowered, and entertained. Hi, loves. Welcome back. I'm so excited for today's guest. I've got an incredible CEO of an amazing beauty company. And you guys know I love beauty and all the things. I have the incredible Connor Riley, who is the multi-talented CEO of Luxie Beauty, the luxury cosmetics company behind one of the first vegan cruelty-free premium makeup brushes now available in the Americas, Europe, and Asia. Driven, bold, and completely out-of-the-box thinker, the Northern California native started his first company at the age of 20, an event-based marketing company in Modesto, California. Riley soon established himself in the finance world, becoming a founding partner of tech-focused boutique venture capital fund Obsidian Partners. Shortly thereafter, in 2008, he served as a founding partner of White Stable Ventures, which is a private equity fund, and focused on manufacturing and transportation investments. So because he spent years and years in the business, Riley gave in to his thirst for adventure in 2010 when he sailed off into the sunset and he powered through hurricanes, survived a tsunami, literally lived in remote anchorages for months on end. So he probably is doing totally fine via COVID and pandemic. And Riley immersed himself in the sailing life, scuba diving, learning new languages, and enjoying traveling the world. It wasn't until four years later that he returned to his finance roots and joined Global Capital Markets, a full-service investment bank, as principal. Therefore, he worked on a variety of deals in tech, fintech, agriculture, real estate, and medical devices. In 2018, Riley stepped into the world of beauty as an investor and advisor for Luxie Beauty. A year later, he took on the position of CEO at Luxie to reposition the entire brand for global distribution. So I could go on and on, Connor, you have all amazing things done. Luxie is now sold in like 160 countries and shipped worldwide, like high quality synthetic makeup, brushes, and tools that I said are vegan and cruelty free. It's like top U.S. retailers, like you guys all know, Anthropology, Macy's, Nordstrom, like just to name a few. But Connor, I want to, you know, bring you right in and have you like tell us how you really got into this and talk all things beauty because you have such an amazing story. So welcome. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Allie, this is, this is great to be on here. And uh, boy, that is quite an intro. I <laughs> I got tired just listening to it. So I was like trying to spice it up. You know, you got a lot in the resume and not a bad thing, but I was like, you know, I read it over yesterday and I was like, wow, there's so much to say about him. And I love to let my guests like really kind of tell their own stories, but there's so much to you that I was like, all right, well, let's just give a little background because there's a lot. <laughs> exactly. Well, and, and, you know, I think that that's a great question because it's like, after being in finance and sailing around on sailboats and having this huge adventure, it's like, what really brings somebody to beauty? And, and for me, I saw beauty as really sort of the perfect consumer product. You know, it's such a fun place to play in. And it's really about allowing people the tools for self-expression so that they can look good, feel good and express themselves and really tell their story of who they are and, 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 embrace their own unique individuality. And so when I started working with Luxie, I loved the brand. I loved where Luxie came from. 
um, it, it, it really spoke to me. It was a calling. And so I jumped right into it and just kind of, kind of said, well, great. Let me, uh, sign me up. Let me take that empowerment journey with the, with the, with the company and, and work with the incredible people that work here. And our customers and community are, are just fantastic. Like That's amazing. as much That's as it, yeah. No, yeah, no, I was I mean, going to say before we like get I, into like full beauty, I just have to have you like, please tell the story of like you surviving a tsunami and like basically going off the grid, like when you did, cause like, that's not something everyone experiences. Yeah. Well, it was, it was, I definitely highly recommend it to everybody. They need to uh, figure it out and have their own kind of Mad Max moments. Um, but for me, it was really, I, I love the ocean and I, uh, I got a sailboat and was able to uh, take some time away. I, I knew that I was done in the fund management private equity world and I, I needed to figure out what, what to do next. And I, I, I went sailing and went south, went to Mexico and just really in that place of exploration, I, I thought that a, a six week trip turned into you know a five year trip. And I, I love the tropics, I love sailing. And, uh, and exposing yourself to the dangers of the sea. So tsunamis, hurricanes, all of that stuff. It, it, was, it was an amazing learning experience. And just the, the, the power that we all have to face our fears and, and conquer them was, uh, was incredible. So yeah, I, I mean, I don't I could tell a story if you want to hear like the tsunami story, which was yeah, intense. Like, I mean, like, of course, I want to like talk all things beauty, but like, give us, give us a little bit of a story with the tsunami. Okay. So tsunami, like I'm in Puerto Vallarta, I'm in this little marina in Nuevo Vallarta and the docks are held together with like rhubarb and cement. It's like nothing is up to code. And the warning comes out on the radio. There's been an earthquake, a tsunami is coming. So we were like, holy cow, what are we going to do? And when you're in a boat, really the only thing you can do is escape to sea. And like, these are sailboats, right? So this is, this is sort of like escaping to sea on something that goes about as fast as a horse walking. Like you're not gonna break any speed records. So you're rushing to gather up your things, you get in the sailboat and we head as far offshore as we can. And you're scanning the horizon, looking for that like wall of water that we all remember from Titanic, from, that we remember from these like horror movies. And then suddenly there is a wave. It was about five feet high, but sort of in a weird way where you don't expect it coming. And um, that was the tsunami that came in. It washed away the docks in Nuevo Vallarta. It, 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 a couple boats uh, broke at the, at the mooring. And we, you, know, you don't know. It's sort of like, the, I think the, hum, you know, the human reaction to like a, a natural phenomenon is like, wait a second, it could be a trick. Like, is there something else? What's going to happen? So uh, us and, uh, and some of the other sailboats that were in, in Puerto Vallarta just kind of hung out in, in Banderas Bay, kind of keeping watch and keeping tabs on each other over the radio. But it was a really exciting moment to just that need, that sort of panic, that flight, the water in the harbor was going back out to sea. It was receding so that, you, you know, you know a big wave is coming. And you're trying to make it out of the harbor so that you can you can uh, you can escape. It was uh, it was a pretty wild ride. Wow, that sounds like something out of a movie. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was it was nuts, and like it was um, it was interesting because it's like you 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 go through that, and you know, like I don't know how much real danger was there. I mean, it wasn't like a giant. There was like literally no damage to anything other than the in the other than the marina. But it was pretty exciting for me. 
Wow, I bet. So, okay, so, so you went through the tsunami, you survived, everything happened, you like had that whole moment. So now you come back and like what? You're like ready to be back into the real world and like change everything up of what you're doing or like how did that play out? Well, okay, so it, it really comes back to being a parent. So uh, my daughter was born uh, when I was in Mexico, when we were sailing in Mexico and it just, it just was like, okay, the adventure is basically over. And I think one of the differences between a parent to be and uh, a, you know someone that, that has um, children is that the parent to be is trying to juggle how a new kid is going to work in their existing life. Like, you know, you're like, oh, I'll have a kid. We can do this. We can do that. We can do whatever. And then when you're, when you actually have a parent, when you actually have a child, you're like, okay, I need to change my life entirely. So floating around on a sailboat a million miles away from anything just turned out not to be the most ideal environment for. Right. Totally get that. Like, I bought a car seat to fit on the boat thinking that that would solve a problem. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> like, it's all going to work. So yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, and it's, and it's also like, it's difficult, right? Because you kind of, for me anyway, the, the feeling was I'm, you know, this ex finance guy and kind of an adventurer. And then, you know, how a six pound bundle of joy just changes everything. So um, so came back to, to California and really wanted to figure out something to do. And, and, you know, beauty just kind of presented itself as an opportunity. And I was sort of thinking more in terms of finance. Um, but even though I kind of initially had this finance capacity with Luxie, it just, the power of beauty really spoke to me. It really called to me the, the, the transformative element of it was was really attractive and so you know i don't think you pick your destiny in life it's sort of like destiny picks you you know i mean i think that's the old adage when they say like you know don't stress about picking your college wherever you go it's going to be the right one and um you know i i i i ended up at luxie i feel more because luxie picked me um the founder was moving away from the business uh, she had some other other uh, entrepreneurial things that she wanted to do, and the company had kind of grown where she wanted to bring in someone that had a little more uh, experiencing managing a growing company. And so it just it just the stars aligned, and I jumped on it. So cool. I love that you said about your destiny, like it kind of just chooses you because it's like funny with my own self. Like I've seen how much my own like brand and everything has transitioned from like, coming out to LA to be a stylist and ending up being a celebrity stylist and all these things and then getting asked to be like on camera for all these different things and fast forward now being a mom of two like sharing so much of my life everywhere and it's just right. like I would have never thought that about myself or my brand or anything I was doing and now I'm like oh it makes sense but I love that about you said choosing your destiny because I think a lot of people do like sit and myself included like going like oh my gosh what am I doing like am I making the right decisions like what is this you know oh speaking of baby <laughs> and you know and it's like I think that like you said like you you really kind of just have to of course like you have to put yourself out there like you did but it's true like destiny does find you and like what is meant to align with you I really do believe does yeah absolutely and it you know it's amazing because I think the most successful people it's like 
a weird combination of sort of working hard every day, but it's almost like just working hard every day without really being 100% sure of the direction that you're going in because there's so <laughs> many variables. Like you don't know what's gonna happen. You know, you could explode onto, I mean, like look at your brand, what you've built um, with the podcast and just, I mean, just, just your own, you know, celebrity history and whatnot. I mean, you can have a million different things happen. And, and I think the best compliment anybody can give another person is that they're a hard worker, that they show up and that they deliver. And, and then it's just doors just start opening and then you end up wherever you end up. But it's, it's, it's always a journey. You know, people ask me all the time, Hey, I've got this great idea. I've got this great business opportunity. I've got, you know, something that I want to do. How do I get there? And it's just, I, I always say the same thing, just hard work, just work hard every day, get up early, work late, make it happen. I love that. And it's so true. And like hard work is, it's just so important. And it's like, also I've learned obviously, and I'm sure you as well as a parent, like I've learned also obviously to like work smarter and not like work necessarily like as hard as I used to, but like really make it quality versus quantity. Whereas like, I feel like when I was a young entrepreneur and didn't have kids and had all the time in the world, I was like maybe wasting time or yeah. like just doing too much of time and then not having any personal life. And now I'm slowly like in my late thirties starting to find like, okay, I wouldn't say balance, but some kind of harmony, you know, of like, you know, like parent life and working and everything. And obviously part of my job, so much of that is social. So I'm kind of like working all the time, but at the same time, I try to still like find those little spots in between, which like for you and like, you know, your success and everything you're doing now that, you know, you're so in it and you're the CEO, like, how do you feel since you're talking about, you know, success and business advice, how do you feel like you handle, you know, your pressures and especially obviously right now in a COVID world, like how do you handle like, you know, that kind of um, mix of being a parent and business and just personal life and all that. Well, I think, I think it's very difficult. Um, you know, I, I think it's, it's all about the priorities. And so like, number one, you have to prioritize being a parent like that. The, the stakes are so high, right? Because you don't want to mess up your kids. At least that's how I feel. You know, it's oh, like, completely. It's yeah. Like, we're, ra we're raising humans for the next generation. Right. Yeah. And it's like, it's so tricky. Like I go from like, there's some days where I feel like my daughter is the most gifted person in the world. And then there's some days where I look at her and I'm like, oh my gosh, I might need to get her some extra help. You know, and it's like. <laughs> it's how, like old is, how old is your daughter? She's five. Oh. She's five. And, you know, I mean, an is a genius. She's amazing. I'm totally biased, but it's, it's really like, like, so what I do is I'm like you, like I work all the time. I have to work and we have a global company. So I'm constantly working calls in Europe, calls in, in Asia, calls in the middle East. Like there isn't an hour of the day where somebody doesn't want to get a hold of me. So I prioritize my time as a parent and during parent time, literally don't even look at my phone. I, I have a charger in, a, in another room that I just plug it in and just let it sit there and really try to maximize time with my with my kid away from the phone and I find that that's very you know when I initially started doing that I would get very anxious like I'm missing stuff but then I realized that two or three hours of doing that is is really awesome and then I can do the stuff across multiple time zones at night or whatever but the second thing that I prioritize is sleep so like if you're a parent number one is making sure your kid's okay 
making sure that they're doing what, what they need to do, that they have the attention, that they, they have the love and support that they need. Number two is sleep. I think sleep is like the, the, such a killer. And especially for professionals that are taking care of their kid and then working all night to meet their sales goals or, or to, to get a project out. And the wheels fall off really quick if you're not sleeping enough. So kids, number one, sleep's number two, and then job is number three. I love job. I love my work. I kill it every day. I'm proud of what I do. I'm proud of my team. I love the interaction. I love beauty. I love brushes. I love new products. I love makeup. So it's like, I really feel um, blessed to have this, these, these opportunities to work in. And I just apply myself as hardcore as I can every single day. But that's like the order of magnitude, right? Number one, take care of the family, take care of the home front, make sure your kid's okay. Number two, sleep. People forget to sleep and it is not good. And then number three is just work as hard as you can. Yeah, I think those are great tips. And you're so right on sleep. It's like there's some nights where like, I just push myself to stay up because like Arlie's, you know, my second um, little baby girl is three months and she's starting to like take little stretches at night. So I know nice. she'll be asleep. And instead of sleeping, I'm like, oh, good. I can go do those emails and I can go get that podcast on. I can do this and I can do that. Right. Like I have to like check in with myself and go, okay, but uh, I need to sleep. And so it's like, yeah. I think that we forget sometimes, I mean, regardless, sleep is important, but especially as a parent, like sleep is just yeah. so key. Yeah. Well, and it's, and it's like, I think it, I think it sets a rhythm in the household that, you know, they hear. And I don't know, I, I, um, I mean, with mine, I don't know what it was like with your, with your, with your oldest, but, um, you know, mine was sleeping through the night all up until seven months. And then there was the sleep regression. And that was like, oh my gosh, you're killing me. Now you're up every two hours, like just to <laughs> hang out. What's going on? Yeah. And, you know, when I came out, of, and I think that's the other thing, like as a parent, it's like, like people that don't have kids, they don't understand the value of sleep because they can do whatever they want, like sleeping yeah. in. Like <laughs> I, when, you, when you have a little person, you know, when you have a child in your house, there's no sleeping in. When they get up, the first thing they want to do is see what you're up to, you right. know? So yeah. it's like, it, it's just, it's a different relationship. So I think you really do have to prioritize it as a parent. And I think that the opportunity cost of doing things really starts coming into play. Like if friends are like, hey, let's go to Napa for the weekend or let's go out to the beach or, you know, there's always the, uh, the, the friends that, you know, invite you and, and, and your children to, to, to come with them on the trip, but, but have no idea how heavy duty that is, you know? And they're like, oh, just come, it'll be fine. We'll give it, you know, there's a pool and you're like, a pool is death for my children. Don't invite me. <laughs> this, is, this is just a crazy plan, you know? Like, it's so not, true. Yeah, no, it's so true. Well, and like with sleep, you know, like I, you know, so Arlie obviously is three months, so she's just starting to take like little stretches because she's so little. But Amelia, thank God, our toddler, she's a little over two. She sleeps through the night. We started sleep training her at like five and a half, six months, and she has slept. She had like one tiny regression, and that was it. And she has still, thank God, knock on wood, slept so well, still takes one nap. Like, so it's like, at least I know with that pocket of time, like, okay, cool, she's gonna be sleeping unless it happens to be a bad night. Like it's the normal as she sleeps. 
Um, whereas Arlie is more of a wild card, obviously being like super young, but you know, uh, let's be real. I, I work and, and, and nurse her at the same time. Like I'm doing now while podcasting to like get things done and make things happen. But it, I think it's like good to share that because I think that it just shows the realness of what, like you said, like parenting is, especially when it comes to business. And I love that, like how you put things in order too. So for you, you know, you have obviously your system, you know, you love beauty. Why do you love beauty so much? Well, I, I love beauty because it's, it's sort of like, it, I don't know, it's such an escape in, in one sense. And it's such a real part of life in another, like, you know, beauty, you know, could be anything, right? It could be anything from a no makeup makeup look or very light application or just, you know, a, 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 a very minimal expression to something that's totally over the top art house, glammed out eyebrows, you know, team of makeup artists doing something. It could be an editorial look that looks almost out of this world, you know? I mean, there's so many different ways that beauty is interpreted and that beauty is applied. And I just love that. So, you know, I think that for, for me, it's, it's very difficult to be doing the same thing every day. Like, I think I would jump out of a window if I was, you know, just stuck doing sort of menial, you know, I, I mean, there's, I'm just not good at doing sort of the repetitive same, same every single day. So, you know, like, that was one of the issues that I struggled with in finance. It was, it was very repetitive. It was, you know, a great industry to work in, but for me, it just, it was like, Oh, another file folder of financial reports. You know, that's such a, it's, it's not that interesting, but beauty is so interesting. There's so many different ways to do it. And everybody wants to be, be, you know, be expressive and express that inner self of who they are. And, I think beauty and style and fashion is such a key part of that. And you have people that break the mold doing different looks. You have, you know, like a show like Euphoria that came out on HBO and just now you're looking at crystal embellishments on iLooks and then that's going away. And right as, you know, like look at what was going to be big in 2020, bright red lips and then suddenly masks come in and now it goes back to iLooks and we thought eyelashes were on the way out, but now they're holding steady. You know, there's just, it's always changing and it's so intriguing. Yeah, that's so true. And I love that you said too, like obviously you had to pivot and change and, and the beauty trend like literally changed overnight when it became like about masks. I like same thing with fashion. It's like, oh, well, you know, match your mask. Like what cute yeah. outfit can you, you know, put with a mask or like what bikini can you rock with a mask or, right. you know, like what's the jewelry choice like to go with your mask? Like, there's so many things that like, if someone had told me, I'd be like giving tips on what to put with my mask. I'd be like, what are you on? Like, are you on drugs? Like what, you know, like it's crazy. So it, you're right. Like it's been completely changed. So for you with your products, how did you feel like you, you know, you pivoted in this time and were able to kind of keep going and like keep this number one, you know, brand happening? Well, so like the first thing was we knew right at the jump, we knew that our partners were in trouble. We were like on the phone with, with everybody that we work with. And we basically were saying, how can we help? Like your success is our success. How can we help? And so, you know, like it's weird because like the effect is all these little things, right? So like we do makeup brushes. Everybody knows the petting, we call it the petting zoo in the business, but it's like that acrylic display that has the, the brush heads so that you can run your fingers over the heads and feel the fibers and thickness and shape of the brushes. 
Well, no one wants to do that anymore. So like you're changing your displays out, you're changing how people come across your brand. And we were really trying to support our retailers, but we also knew that that was gonna be scaled back. So we focused heavily on e-com. We grew our e-commerce business and we tried to uh, provide additional sampling opportunities by working with companies like BoxyCharm, Look Fantastic and FabFitFun that were able to really get our products out to their members and, uh, and bring more people to the brand. So I think it's sort of like supporting our brick and mortar partners, but focusing most of our attention onto um, you know, digital sales. Amazing. So you guys just kind of started really redirecting how you were marketing to be able to continue to push forward. Well, and it, like, yeah. And like the whole thing, because now it's totally different. Like, you know, people it's, it's weird because people are not leaving the house, but people are on camera for like the first time every single day. And so, you know, what zoom did is it really changed the consumer experience because every single person has zoom calls all the time for everything. Like office teams have never been so closely linked on camera before. And so you have people that now are changing their beauty routine where they have to be camera ready. And because they're not commuting into work, maybe they do want to experiment and do something a little different. So we're seeing that we, we, we're finding that a lot of people are turning towards skincare and looking at brushes that can help them apply masks. Maybe they're buying a new uh, serum or something and they're spending some some big bucks on on upgrading their skincare regime and then they're realizing like oh my gosh I just bought this $500 cream I don't want to put my fingers in it I need a brush to be the applicator here and so we started looking at how we could pivot into helping assist people with 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 applicators of masks of different products there and then uh, and then also encouraging people to experiment with eye looks and knowing that everybody's shopping from home right yeah you're right and it's true it's like everybody's on camera like it's so crazy that like i don't think anybody would imagine to be on camera so much and to be on zoom so much right and like remember when it first started and everybody wanted to do zoom happy hours like yes all the, and then like what happened to that did we all just get tired of zoom like i don't know yeah, like, I, I mean, guilty. Yeah, I did. Now I'm like, oh, have you got another Zoom? Okay. You know, it's like right. before it was like exciting. It was like a treat. Now it's like, oh, oh, okay. Another Zoom? Sure. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, another one. That's, that's like the only human interaction anybody has. I think we're all ready for the space mission. You know, it's right? just like... <laughs> It's so true. It's so true. So like when you say, you know, like you love beauty because it really is not only an escape, but also like there's just so much to it that goes into it. Like, what is it for you personally with Luxie that like you just think, obviously you think Luxie Beauty is amazing for what you've built and everything you've done and so do so many other people. But what is it for you that makes Luxie Beauty stand out? Well, I think we walk the walk. So for, for me, like personally, I, I love giving back to the community and I love the people that work at Luxie. And I love the fact that together, we really try to stand up for what we believe in. And, you know, sometimes that's a uh, big uh, partnership, like the, our deal with the World Wildlife Foundation, where we're trying to work to uh, limit uh, plastics in the oceans and, and really support all the good work that they're doing through that organization. But it's also the little things, you know, we, Thanksgiving, we, we go to the local food bank 
and we we help uh, deliver food to needy families so that they can have Thanksgiving. And that's you know close the office, the whole team goes. We all we all help out. That kind of stuff is just phenomenal. And I love being part of an organization that you know not just creates beauty products, but really has a beautiful kind of message and methodology. And, and we really are trying to do good and we try to do good on a daily basis. And, uh, and for me, that's, that's an amazing part of, of being at Luxie and what Luxie means. I love that. That's so, that, like, that's so awesome. And you could just hear your passion and like your love for it. And I just, that's something I love when I look at things as, you know, an influencer and a stylist and a content creator and all the things that I do. Like, I love hearing like the why and like the passion and, you know, just everything behind the brand. Cause of course it's great when there's a great product, but when there's so much more to the story and you can really like gel with what that why is and like why it's so amazing. I just love it so much more. Yeah. It's, it, I think it's really an important thing because you know, having been one of the first uh, vegan cruelty-free makeup brush brands in, in the U.S., you know, that's less and less rare now, and more and more people are going to synthetic fibers. The technology's gotten a little better. Um, I know that we've kind of evolved our brushes multiple times. So it's like, well, what, what makes you unique? Like, what makes Luxie unique? Well, what makes us unique is we've got awesome, high-quality professional brushes, but we're awesome people. And we as an organization are really trying to do good and make that change and, 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 and make the impact that we want to see on, on, you know, that we want to see in the world. And we see our company as a platform for the individuals that work here to make an impact. And I think we really do that. Yeah. I think that's, that's awesome. And also, like you said, you guys tie into charity too, and like work on so many different parts of, like the world along with beauty and everything. And so talking about, you know, synthetic and vegan and everything, why do you think that this trend now has gotten so hot? Because like before, obviously it was more like some companies were doing it. It was a little bit considered still like, you know, crunchy and out there and green and whatever. And now you're seeing so many companies jump on the bandwagon or they're saying it's natural, even if it's not really natural. And, you know, it's like really become a thing. Like, why do you feel like it has become such a trend and why is Lexi Beauty like stand out so much when it comes to, you know, being vegan, being like truly synthetic and all the things that you guys are doing? Yeah, well, it's, I mean, it's absolutely hot right now. And, it, and it's been hot for a while. And I think, I think what people are realizing is that there's so many different lines in the marketplace. There's so many different products available that you really can be selective about what you put on your face, what you put in your body. And, and people, people are realizing that ingredients matter and people want, want to use stuff that's going to make them look good, that's going to make them feel good and that they can feel good about buying. And Luxie, you know, Luxie's come from a pretty revolutionary standpoint in that our founder had very sensitive skin. So she couldn't find any brushes that didn't abrade her face. And whenever she used animal fibers, she would break out. Synthetic brushes would cut and, and leave these micro abrasions. And the technology at the time, most brushes were clumpy or weren't able to be cut to the precise shape that, that you need for that real professional application. So Lexi's been around and has elevated to that, that non-clumpy brush that doesn't shed and really maintains its shape and professional application throughout its life. And, you know, I think that that's something that really separates us as more and more people have sort of 
gravitated towards synthetic brushes. Um, you know, and I think that synthetic brushes are becoming a better option for more and more companies just because the technology is starting to get a little better. And, and I think that animal fibers, I mean, it's almost like, why, why would you want animal fibers at this point? Like, I, I can't imagine, you know, uh, using uh, animal fiber brushes. Most of them come from animals that you wouldn't really want to keep as pets, let alone rub all over your face. And then the cruel, uh, the, cru the cruelty involved in harvesting hair from an animal, um, you know, even if it's reportedly done humanely, it's just it's such an awful practice. So we've, we've always stayed really true to that, um, that cruelty-free component and built our technology, revolutionized, you know, the, the fibers in our bristles on a pretty regular basis. And I think that really, that really sets us apart. Yeah, that's amazing. And I mean, obviously you guys really do your homework when it comes to like what you're actually putting like on your brushes and what they're made out of. And like, how do you guys go about sourcing that? We take a lot of trips all over the world, which was super fun two years ago. Um, <laughs> no, not so much, but it's it, like, but seriously, I mean, you know, you, you go to Europe and you try to figure out like, okay, well, where, what, what are the synthetic brush fibers that we like? And, you know, there's, there's amazing people making incredible products in Germany and Italy, um, you know, handles in Thailand and China. Our base of operations in Asia is in Singapore. Our, our fulfillment center in Europe is in the UK. So you're kind of always looking and, and trying to figure out like, what's the next new product like right now we're very interested in um the craftsmanship in japan and you know the artisans that that all our brushes are handmade so we're very we're very tuned into the art of making brushes and the um the fact that there's there's certain brushes in japan where somebody needs to be an apprentice for two years before they can even start making those brushes is really incredible to us so we um you know, it's, you have to be on the hunt for new materials. You have to be on the hunt for new uh, manufacturing methodologies. And all of that is, I mean, that's where we live. So we, we always are looking for what, what we can do to improve our products and, and deliver something new. Yeah, that's amazing. And I know like you were quoted saying like you absolutely love working in the consumer product space because it is real stuff, real products, real customers in a world driven by technology. Like you love being a part of something just truly real and you feel special to create something that people look at and touch and use every day. So it's like what you were just saying about like the venture of going out and finding all the materials you need all over the world to create what Luxie is in this incredible synthetic makeup brushes and tools. Like it obviously just speaks to who you are and who the company is of like how much you guys go above and beyond to make Luxie what it is. Totally. Well, and you, and you got to do that, right? I mean, if somebody sends you a picture of something and says, Hey, this is a great brush handle. This is the best bamboo, you know, yada, yada, yada. It's like, cool. Well, where is that bamboo? Is it sustainably harvested? And if they say yes, it's like, okay, I guess I'm going to Thailand. You know, I mean, that's, that's literally how we do our due diligence to maintain our, our supply chain standards. Right. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, that's so cool. So like when you say, you know, like the materials, like for those that maybe don't know Luxie, like walk us through, like if you're shopping and you know, check out Luxie Beauty, like what can we expect? And like, 
what are your favorite, I'm sure you love all your products, but like what are your hero, what are your favorite products right now? Like we, we must have if we're gonna go get something from Luxie. Right, well, awesome, love the question. And I, I am biased, I mean, everything's my favorite, but I think that one of the things that we do that other um, brush companies don't do is we really bundle our products. So it's like total no brainer, super easy. You know, a lot of people, they run into this wall when they start looking to expand their brush selection. Like uh, a lot of people, like how many brushes do you have that's like your go-to brush? Like when you, when you think of your brushes that you own, how many? Well, I have many, but I, like, I have like four or five that are like my go-tos. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So what we've done is, and that's very normal. Like a lot of people, they've got four or five that are their go-tos and we've built sets of, you know, four to eight pieces that just are everything. We have a complete face set, which is an eight piece set that debuted in Nordstrom. It's one of our best sellers and it's got everything. Eye, lip, brush, contour, highlight, cheek, everything. So that's like a great go-to set. We have a 12 piece set that's, um, you know, I mean, it's everything you need and then some, but it's not so intimidating or so obscure that it's only for professionals. It's a great first timer kit as well. But we offer a lot of variety right in that middle of the road of like, hey, I need, I don't do anything weird. I need to look good for my Zoom call. And, you know, I need to find a good brush set. We have, you know, five or six different options there that, that, that you just basically can look at and, and decide. This is this is the set for me based on what your what your what your looks are, and then we have funner stuff. You know, we have like a smoky eye set. We have a classic eye set. So if you want to get sort of more like a totally smoked out eye look, um, that's something else that we can do. And again, we kind of keep it easy because that's a four piece set. You know the look. You just buy it and boom, you're done. So I think like that accessibility, we really have that dialed in. Um, and then we have lots of, you know, YouTube, uh, tutorials and whatnot online. So anybody can just like go on YouTube and type in our type in Luxie and they'll see a lot of tutorials, but like from a product standpoint, I really, I'm proud that we are focused on really that kind of everyday application for like that go to four or five brushes that everybody needs. Yeah, like you said, it's like, that's the norm for most people that are, you know, getting their face together, those like must have your go-tos so you guys are like hey we've already got you this bundle's got it all like and i love how aesthetically pleasing it is obviously like i love the rose gold details and just like the really pretty you know like metal colors and everything that are tied into it like it's very it's it, it's very like instagram and pinterest you know pretty um and like will obviously look good for those that want to share it on social media which are like so many like right now and when it comes to like designing your products you guys like really look to fashion and trends to like create what they look like or how do you guys go about um deciding on what the products i saw you guys also have like a really pretty kind of um bluish periwinkle color like it seems like you guys yeah. have some different color schemes so i'm curious like especially as a stylist and fashion expert like how you decide the aesthetic of the tools so it we really have sort of like an intrinsic dna which is that pink rose gold classic look and then we've developed the Dreamcatcher line, which is that Periwinkle line, which is a little bit more sophisticated. We're coming out with some new sets um, early next year to kind of fill out that line. But that's kind of our more sophisticated, slightly upgraded um, uh, bristles. 
And the, you know, when you say upgraded bristles, it's like, well, what does that mean? Well, it's, it's, it's geared more for the application, but it's a little uh, 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 rougher uh, bristles. So they're, they're a little better, but it's for the more experienced makeup artist. And we let the aesthetic kind of come to us. You know, we're, we're very secure in our DNA. You know, we're a, a luxury premium brand that still kind of has this fun side, this carefree side that I think is really important. And so we definitely kind of look at the trends that are coming up and then try to go back into our DNA and see like, well, what, what, what is Luxie in light of where this trend is going? And just kind of let that DNA express itself through our design team. And then we, and then we kind of let it happen. And, you know, like everything else, you know, it's funny, we were talking earlier about not fighting your destiny. That's kind of our design ethos. It's like, let's let Luxie design itself. And, you know, if we're pushing too hard to make something happen, we just drop it because it's like, okay, this isn't working. Um, and we try to stay very true to our DNA. That's so cool. So it's kind of like, all right, if it doesn't align, then like we're just going to kind of move on to the next thing. So for you guys, it feels kind of seamless. Like when you choose something as far as aesthetic wise, it's like, okay, that works. We all love it and we go for it. And if there's any kind of like not sure or like trying to make it work and create something, you guys just basically move on. Exactly. Well, it's, it's like, if you're chasing it, you're already too late, you know? So it's like, I know this year we didn't have like the fashion weeks that we wanted, but it was like, you know, we already knew what we're doing. Like we, we we're trying to plan far enough in advance where we're sort of independent of, um, I, we try to hit the trends the way that we see them coming, but we're, we're separated enough from them where, you know, a lot of it is our own gut instinct and, you know, we have product conversations with the whole staff. So everybody gives their input. It's really, it's really fun. And that's, that's how we kind of are, our, our, our forecasting and whatnot is, is like design. Oh, very cool. I love it. Yeah. yeah. And so like with fashion week, obviously not being the same this year, like how did you guys go about kind of handling fashion week with Luxie Beauty? Oh my gosh. It was such a bummer. Like, Last year, so I was at the Versace show right before Donatella announced that she had sold to Michael Kors. And wow. like fashion, yeah, I was so awesome. I was in uh, Johnny's uh, villa there, had dinner with Donatella, which was really nice. And just kind of, you know, I was like, oh, what's Michael Kors doing here? <laughs> like, that seems odd. Wow. But, you know, yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome. And I love Fashion Week. And it's such a... Uh, uh, I don't know. It's such a bummer that it didn't work out. So, like, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't really know the answer to that. It was like, it, it didn't necessarily impact what we were launching, but it definitely kind of, I think it really hit the fashion world. Like, it kind of took the wind out of its sails. And for us, I think we were just sort of like individually a little disappointed. You know, like drove home the reality of like, oh man. We're not going to be able to do that. I guess. I guess they're doing some virtual shows now that are doing pretty well. Um, they're doing a lot of virtual shows. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, just like anything else, they have to pivot too because people still need their fashion. People want to know what you know the trends are and what's happening. So it's uh, you know, it's definitely different, and it's very weird for me too as a stylist. But I also find it very interesting that everyone kind of gets to be like front row at their favorite show and with their favorite brands and products and check everything out. 
Whereas normally in fashion week, obviously, you know, it's so different and it's so much more intense and, you know, you're lucky if you maybe get, you know, in the back, you know, depending on you know, what you actually have privilege to. And it's kind of cool that it kind of takes it into your living room. That's cool. That's, that's really positive. Yeah. I, I think, you know, the, I mean, I'm not a, a fashion designer or, 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 or quite wired in that way. So like, for me, Fashion Week was more about the camaraderie in the, in the industry. And like, you have the press, and you have the influencers and the designers and all these people. And sometimes you only see them once a year at Fashion Week. And I think for me, that was the biggest thing that was sort of missing. But I love to hear that they're having some success with their um, virtual shows. And you're right, people need their fix. You know, we gotta, we gotta, we need those runways. Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, it's, I think everyone's still figuring it out, obviously, but it's, uh, it's pretty cool. And I mean, you know, I, I definitely miss being there uh, IRL. I'm like checking it all out, but I think it's cool how they're kind of switching things up for sure, just in fashion in general and beauty. Cause like, let's be real, no matter what fashion and beauty are not going anywhere. Like that's like a staple in our world. So it's, and you know, that obviously is being a part of Luxie and having such a passion for beauty. So, I mean, it's just a matter of how do you give that still to the people and everything that you guys are doing. And like for you guys too, I love that for you, like you guys have really stood true to what you're doing and who you are. And like, especially with when we were talking about vegan, like how cruelty free, like it really, before it was cool, before it was a thing, like Luxie was already there. Yeah, exactly. We're, we were, I mean, pretty much the pioneers in the space and, and you know, that, that sort of part of that first class of, of, uh, of companies that were doing this. And it's, I don't know, it's been such a cool journey and uh, it really, I, I sort of feel like the best is yet to come. You know, we're one of the things that this uh, this this pandemic has done is it's really established sort of the the right kind of way to connect with your customers at home and some of these other other you know like where you're really providing good value. You know, I think we're seeing that in the influencer world where influencers need to pivot into where they're doing makeup classes. Um, you know, Fenty announced yesterday that they were going to start doing like um, tutorials and whatnot on their platform, which I think had a huge, massive response. So it's it's really interesting having brands take more of a, of a hand in, in creating that kind of content that directly connects with people that are looking to buy or learn about these products. And I think beauty and fashion are really the, the, the areas that are leading the charge in that. Yeah, well, so what can we expect or what can we be excited about to come from Luxie Beauty? Is there anything new with projects or anything you can share that we can like look forward to or check out? Uh, I say, okay, so we are going to have some cool holiday launches this year. We have a glimmer set, which is a quartz handle. It's very cool, very fun, very giftable. Uh, we've got a couple sales going on with Nordstrom and Macy's coming up. We have a big giveaway with a very big uh, prize package on September 30th that I think is being promoted by Ashley Tisdale. I'm not quite sure of the details there, but everybody should tune in for that. If you don't follow her, follow her and, uh, and look for, for a giveaway on the 30th. And then uh, going into next year, we've got a bunch of different product launches, cleansers, uh, face cleaning brush line, a skincare application line and then just expansion to our normal our, our normal uh, our normal offering so i think you're going to see a lot of growth coming from us next year 
That's amazing. Well, I love it. Well, tell us where we can, you know, find and follow Lexi and yourself and all that good stuff and where we can shop, you know. Yeah, so you can find us on uh, LexiBeauty.com. Follow us on Instagram at LexiBeauty. And follow me on Instagram at Mr. Connor Riley. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being a part of the show, Connor, and sharing all things business and beauty. Until next time, guys. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for listening to Everything with Allie Levine. If you loved this episode, please leave a review, screenshot this episode, tell a friend, tag us on social media, subscribe, tune in weekly for new episodes, and to continuously be uplifted, empowered, and inspired. 